Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Wilma the Wonder Hand. Today's episode is going to be a solo act. I know, I know. I'll be back next week. We have some amazing guests lined up. You'll be so excited. But today we're going to talk about a heifer roundup. Like what happened? What has happened uh, this past week? And let me tell you. Most of you probably already know that we had a hawk attack here on the heifer farm. Hey y'all, I'm Mel and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen. Are you a chicken mouth loving mama or daddy? Together we'll dive into the latest poultry keeping adventures, chat about everyday life, with a generous mix of some hilarious stories. Bringing you fascinating interviews with poultry owners from all over. You'll find tips and basic advice from your local veterinarian, along with new chicken keeping gadgets and reviews. I'm going to see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma has to say about that. We're going to encourage and help you build a stronger, healthier flock. Let's go see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma is up to. Let's go let these heifers out. So on January 6th, I was sitting on my couch and I was working on my laptop and I heard my dogs outside going off. They were outside doing their normal plaything and they started going off. So I knew something was not right. So I ran to the front door, ran to the porch, and there down at the chicken coop in the enclosed area, a hawk was on top of Coco. At that time, I didn't know it was Coco. I didn't have any shoes on. It was raining. I ran as fast as I could to get to the hawk. And as I got to the gate, the hawk flew off. I opened the gate. I ran inside. All of the chickens were hidden. Mr. Jingles had them all up inside the coop. And it was Coco. Coco was lifeless. I mean, she was not moving Her eyes were completely closed. The hawk flew off into the walnut tree, which is just right adjacent to the coop. So I scooped down. I picked her up. I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm just crying hysterically. And I know that I could not leave her body there because the hawk wasn't going to leave. He was wanting his... He was wanting what he had tried to kill. So I picked her up. She, Like I said, she was completely limp. I moved her to the front porch. So I ran as fast as I could to the front porch. I laid her body down there and I immediately ran back to the coop. I wanted to make sure everybody was up. Like there was no other injured bird anywhere and everyone was up. So I locked the door and I made certain everyone was fine. At this point, that is when the hawk decided to fly across the street now the front, my front porch is facing the street, and it's like he was he was bound and determined to get Coco. So I ran as fast as I could to where Coco was laying. I picked, I went down to pick her up, bawling, and she jumps up. She jumps up, and I was like, "You did not just jump up." I was like, "Praise the Lord, <laughs> you heifer, you." So I finally end up catching her. She is completely disoriented, but she is up running. So. That was uh, such a relief at that point. 
Uh, I don't know her injuries yet, so I immediately take her into my she shed, which is where it, like, my ICU, my triage area for my chickens is also where I do my podcasting and where I hold my Zoom meetings for my clients. So it's like a catch-all now. So I take her inside and I turn the heater on to start, you know, warming the place up. So I have the heater running. Uh, there's an area already set up for her. Uh, we're not going to worry about any kind of food at this point. We're just going to give her water. I did a very qu quick check. Uh, at this point, she is in shock. You know, when a hawk flies down, they are flying down so fast. The impact, you, the impact alone can break their spine uh, and immediately kill them. So, you know, she is traumatized at this point. So I don't want to mess with her too much. The only visible thing at that time, the only visible injury I noticed at that time was the comb, her comb area, that one, that whole right side. Like her eye was completely closed. Uh, her comb did have a small laceration on it, which combs, you know, if you've ever had a comb on one of your chickens, you know, a small injury or a peck, they do bleed excessively. So I wasn't too concerned about that. I looked her over the best I could at that time. I didn't want to add any more stress to her. So I didn't see any broken bones or any of those things. So I put her into the kennel. I turn the light out. Uh, this is what you want to do for a chicken that is either injured or in shock. You want a very dark, a very quiet, and a very warm, you know, area. So I shut the door and I immediately came inside and I called my veterinarian because even though I didn't see any substantial wounds at that time, even that comb because of the hawk, uh, it could have infection set in. Now, I did go out later, in which I will explain and clean her wounds up, but I wanted to call the veterinarian before it got too late. Our veterinarian is great. Uh, they, I explained the situation. I explained, you know, I didn't see anything that needed them for stitches or any of that sort. So they called in a antibiotic, an injectable antibiotic twice a day for five days and pain medication. Because I'm sure she is very, she was or is very, very sore. So that was the best practice to get her those um, to help with any uh, potential infections. So I went and picked those up. And that is when I gave her a more thorough in exam, you know, after I let her decompress a little bit. Uh, and this is when I found the injury to her neck. It is on the same side that the eye and the comb. I did clean her comb up with some saline solution, just simple saline. There's no other ingredients but saline in it. And I sprayed it down with microcyan. And I took a warm washcloth and I made sure that her eye was nice and clean on the outside, cleaned up any blood. Like I said, she did have an injury to the back of her neck. Uh, I cleaned it really well and sprayed it down. And this was 10 days ago, I think. And her neck is healing quite nicely. It has a scab. It didn't have anything that needed to be stitched. But honestly, I don't think that she has vision in that eye. I don't see any infection in the eye. It's not swollen. It's not red. It's not puffy. But there is no 
uh, her pupil is her pupil is almost gone. So I don't think she has any sight in the eye. And we're going to leave her be in the spot that she is to decompress a little longer. Now she is eating and she is drinking. Uh, not as much as, say, a normal chicken would. She is moving around on her own. She is responding when I call her name. Coco is the oldest remaining chicken from my original flock. She is the pumpkin. I'm working, honey. You need to be quiet over there. No one asked you. This is not your show. Your name is not in the title, sis. So I think I'm definitely going to give her more time inside the kennel to decompress. Uh, I am offering poultry cell and Nutrigent. This will help uh, fill in the gaps, the nutritional gaps that she is missing by not consuming as much food as she should. She is the oldest remaining chicken that I have from my original flock. Uh, her mother, uh, we did have her mom initially in the very beginning. And Coco will be seven this year. So I don't know if she'll recover, but I'm thankful that she is alive. So we're just going to continue to let her stay where she is and let her tell me when she is ready to spend some time outside. And when I say outside, I'm going to put her in our maternity ward. It's a very safe uh, area. This is where we raise our baby chicks. And this will give her time during the day to be back with her flock, but not in a way to where they could bully her or pick on her. And this will take time because, it one, it's very cold right now, and I don't want her out in the cold during her condition right now. So when it warms up, that is the plan, is to kind of move her into increments of being outside. And to see if being outside uh, in her natural environment will stimulate, you know, more foraging, more of that normal chicken activity, you know. So that's our goal. So the hot topic... I know it's a hot topic. I know it. I know it is. Free-ranging, right? Free-ranging. Free-ranging is a very hot topic. We all have very strong opinions on it. Uh, we have always free-ranged here. And yes, we do have a lot of predators here. We have ground predators like coyotes and ra raccoons and bobcats and mink and stray dogs, you know. So there are a lot of ground predators and aerial predators like hawks. Uh, we've never, never, I've never witnessed a hawk attack on my flock until last week. And we've been here 10 years. I didn't want them out of their run. I didn't want uh, any part of it. None. I was like, there's no way they're ever coming out again, ever. The hawk that uh, attempted to murder Coco came back nearly every day, every day looking for you know, another prey, another treat. Uh, one time it brought two other hawks with it. There's a very little coverage for protection now. So most of that coverage that the chickens were getting uh, is gone. I received quite a few messages about, you know, this is what happens when you free range. Okay. Yeah, that's not helpful. We see that, okay? But for us, I I enjoy my chickens free-ranging. 
They have learned to be hyper aware of their surroundings. To me, it's just a natural state for them to be in. It's just what we've always done here. I didn't even include the fencing, the fenced area until last year. And the reason why we included that uh, was because my chickens were destroying my garden. They have destroyed it for years. And last year I was like, you are not doing it this year. So I gave them an enclosed area, not the run. They have a coop and a run. We have seven coops, seven runs, and an aviary. Mr. Jangles and his ladies are always used to free-ranging. Always. Now my Bantams, other than the Old English Gamebird Bantam pen, they free-range. They are currently not free-ranging, but they normally free-range. But the other Bantams, they only get supervised um, time out only because they are not as aware of their surroundings. But Mr. Jangles and his ladies over the years, it's just what they've done. They've always free-ranged. We've always had so many hiding spots for them here that it's not been an issue until now. And when that happened, I felt immediately violated. I was so angry. I think there are pros and cons to every situation. If you... Uh, only free range your chickens uh, out, you know, during supervised time. Hey, that's your choice. That's your prerogative. Currently, that's the only way that I'm doing it until I figure some other things out. I don't know if I can go back to that feeling of not feeling that way. You get comfortable in a situation and then it just takes one thing like this happens and it kind of crushes that security, that secure feeling, although you're not realistically secure. So this episode is not about debate of who's right and who's wrong. So here are some things that you can do to deter a hawk. There are informational articles out there that you can read and implement to deter these wild animals from killing your chickens. So they suggested a scarecrow. So build yourself a scarecrow and stick it down by your coop. You can uh, put up fake owl decoys, which we do have. Uh, It is actually, they're actually on a pendulum type thing. So when the wind blows, it looks like the owls are moving because these hawks are so smart. After a couple of days, if that uh, owl decoy is not moving, it's still in the same spot. Realisticness about it, the hawk's going to know. They suggest moving the owls around or finding an owl that moves, like has motion to it. Uh, Another one was anything shiny, like CDs or brightly colored uh, tape. Of course, aviary netting. You can cover your entire enclosure with the aviary netting, not just your run, but whatever. Like in our case, we have a run, but then we have an enclosed fencing area. Uh, They suggested that I cover the entire, entire fencing area. Also, they actually have music that you can buy, like these speakers that play uh, music or sounds that are deterrent to the wild animals, the wild birds, like the hawk. So that's another thing. Or you can play, I know I read on there where you could just play loud music. I don't really know. Crows are, crows are not fond of hawks. And usually we have lots and lots of crows here. Uh, they don't have as much to eat either, so they've kind of moved on to another holler. I can see them in the distance, but they're not really hanging around here too much. But that also may be because I have the owls up 
investing your time in a livestock guardian animal like a dog. Uh, We do have dogs here, but they're not really livestock guardian dogs. That's not really their thing. Uh, so that may be something that we are looking to in the future. I'm not really sure yet. We maybe do, do all of these things and allow them to free range. Now, when this first happened, I just made them stay up until the hawk kind of passed to, you know, moved on to another area. And I've not seen the hawk in about four or five days. That's a good thing. I did let them out a couple of times now. I've stood out there with them. <laughs> Stood out there with them the other day. It was like 30 degrees, 28 degrees. And I stood out there with them for about five hours because I feel so bad. My birds are just not used to confinement. They didn't grow up that way. And it's really hard on them. Mr. Daniels and his ladies really, really went after it. It was not good. So I did let them out. We're going to figure out some things. I respect everyone's decision and choice on their own flock. Uh, Another on the list is get yourself a rooster. Well, if you can have a rooster where you live, and we actually received some pretty snotty messages about Mr. Jangles and why he did not kill the hawk. To be fair, I don't want Mr. Jangles sacrificing himself. Mr. Jangles did as I had wanted or hoped that he would have done. He had alerted and all of his ladies were up inside the coop. Now, Coke, uh, she don't really like to be told what to do. She doesn't really hang out with Mr. Jangles. So she may have not even listened to his alert uh, or she was just slower and that was actually the last one to get inside the coop. I don't want Mr. Jangles sacrificing himself. I don't want any of my uh, flock to be sacrificed. In my eyes, Mr. Jangles is just as important or has as much value as my laying hands. Hmm. I don't know. Some people think the laying hens are more value because they do lay eggs and roosters are just things you can toss away. But for me, Mr. Jenkles holds just as much uh, value in my heart as any of my laying hens. They all mean the same. So no, I didn't want Mr. Jenkles to sacrifice himself and things happen. Those are tips that you can do, uh, implement uh, into your chicken yard. And see if that helps deter some of those uh, hawks. Uh, Keeping bird feeders away from anywhere near your chicken coop. That is also on the list. I would love to hear any suggestions that you have and what you have done to protect your backyard flock. Uh, We'll never be 100% safe. And honestly, I do believe we will always be free ranged here. It's just what I think is best for my flock. It makes them the most happiest. Yes, I'm very sad that Coco was attacked by a hawk, but I I still think that free ranging is for us. We all have our own flocks and you definitely have to decide on your own. And we have some pretty amazing guests coming up this week. We just always want to encourage you to educate yourself and to Figure out what works best for your flock, your situation, where you live, all these different factors. Uh, You know, we're not all the same. We don't all have the same situation and we need to be respectful of each of our different values and beliefs. So here at Whim of the Wonder Hen, where education fuels compassion. And we'll see you next time. Bye, y'all. Huh, can you go say goodbye? 
Okay, never mind. Bye, y'all. I'm Mel, and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen.